0: COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment, it means everything. Please wear your mask and stay 60 bath the shutdown. COVID-19. From the near west side, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Featuring snake venom extractors, Jim Harrison
1: and Kristen Wiley. And now, age before beauty, Ted Klopp and Ken Dworznick.
2: Another week, another edition of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, Ken Dworznick, Ted Klopp, and Ted. This week, obviously, is a week that many people like to sit back and think about where they were at and what they did is it's the uh, remembrance of 9 11. Where were you when 9 11 hit? I was, well, I was asleep at the time,
0: but I had just started my first news job. I'd been nothing but a sports guy to that point, and I had a new job as a news guy at WTAM in Cleveland. I was less than a month in. The phone rang or my apartment. I was working evenings. And my dad said, Turn the TV on. A plane has just hit the World Trade Center. They'd just been woken up. And I said, well, how could they not see the building? And my dad said, they meant to hit it. And I I just couldn't imagine. And I turned on and watched like everybody else. And I was like, you know, what am I supposed to do here? So I called a coworker and he said, go in at your regular time unless you hear. Otherwise, just don't plan on leaving when you're scheduled to. I got in at 2 o'clock that afternoon. I started on the air at about midnight, and I worked until 5.30 the next morning. Wow. And I was on, I think, four different radio stations. They kind of networked them together at that point. So, yeah, it was unbelievable. What about you?
2: Uh, It's actually – it was kind of crazy. that was my first day working at Ashton University as the marketing director. I took over for a gentleman who actually just left before the school year, and I was working at Wayne State, so I came on back and started working so here's my first day. I have student workers coming in, and then this whole thing hits early in the morning and didn't get much done that day. There were students coming in the office, a lot of people crying. I remember standing in the Eagle's Nutch, which is basically in the student center of the Ashton University campus, and I was there with Al King, who's the the Flood Director now and Bill Goldring, who was my boss at the time, and the three of us are just standing there watching. And then that's when the second plane hit. And I'm like, holy cow, what yeah, a very eerie day, and certainly a day where I just kind of, you know, went back home and watched TV and obviously did a lot of praying and just a, a crazy, crazy time, no doubt about that.
0: Not a day anybody will ever forget. And can you believe it's been
2: nineteen years? I know. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> the time is just flying by, Ted. You know that for everything. Being dads and obviously me, a future husband, and you, a new husband, time just flies by. But I cannot believe it is 19 years. That's unbelievable.
0: Well, hey, coming up on this week's show, we're going to talk to a guy who has been clinically dead four times. And wow. four times. He is a snake venom extractor. Might want to consider another line of work there. A city council meeting here is about one of the biggest issues our society is facing. We're going to tell you what that is in Klops Clips. And since the NFL kicks off tomorrow night, we're going to talk about it in our newest segment, Fantasy
1: Football.
3: Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get
0: started. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. blah blah
3: blah.
0: blah blah blah. blah blah
3: blah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah
0: blah. Our guests today are a husband and wife duo who run the Kentucky Reptile Zoo. The nonprofit facility houses about seventy-five different species of reptiles, including turtles, lizards, alligators, and mostly venomous snakes. Let's talk with Jim Harrison. And Kristen Wiley. Jim and Kristen, thank you so much. And Jim, how did you get started in the reptile business? Reading your biography, I see bounty hunter, professional kickboxer, alligator hunter, and now snake charmer, snake uh, handler, cat handler
1: could be uh, (laughs) (laughs) as well. But But uh, how did you get into this? Well, I caught a snake when I was six years old. My dad played semi-pro baseball. So we kind of traveled all over the South. And so he bought me books about snakes and I just started catching snakes. I did a little bit of alligator wrestling in Florida when I was younger, Um, police officer until I got run over by a stolen car. I've been clinically dead four times in my life, once from a human and three times from snake bite. I've been a life support seven times. I fought uh, undercards, a PKA, and uh, I fought on the undercard of Super Superfoot Wallace a couple times. Okay. And stuff. Physical danger seems to be an attraction uh, for you in these various jobs that you have. Yeah, it seems that way. I, I look at stuff kind of different than most people. I, I kind of go through Bushido in the sense of the, the way of the samurai. And it's like, get, live a good life, die a good death. All so right. I have to be doing something. Well, I want to ask you more about the
0: venom extraction, but Kristen, I want to hear from you. How did you get interested and involved in reptiles?
4: So I got my undergraduate degree at at CASE, Mm -hmm. and um, at the time, there was a professor there by the name of Marty Rosenberg, and he had a bunch of reptiles in his office, and it's really his fault. (laughs) (laughs) he taught a couple of really interesting classes that kind of focused on reptiles and their ecology and stuff. And then he just let me, you know, of course I probably thought I was helping him, but I was probably just annoying and in the way, but he let me hang out in his lab. That's really what got me interested. And then I did an internship with turtles uh, at Cleveland Zoo and in the Metro parks. I did some turtle trapping for them. And then after that, I came down to Kentucky and I've been here ever since. she has been so,
1: annoying me ever since. Yeah,
4: that's right. <laughs> I came to annoy him instead.
1: Is your record
0: of near-death experiences and bites and things (laughs) like that anywhere close to Jim's?
4: It's not as lengthy. I am ashamed to admit I've had two snake bites. Okay. uh, Both from just making a stupid mistake, which is the case whenever you mess up on the job, right? People react strongly because it's snakes. And so they're like, ooh, you know, snakes. But there are a lot of jobs that are dangerous. I had fish and wildlife people here one time who were kind of giving me a hard time about how dangerous snakes are. And I was like, dude, you go into the woods and arrest people who you know are armed. And you're telling me I'm, what I'm doing is dangerous? Like, the snakes don't want to hurt us. It's, if they do, it's because we scared them and they're reacting. They're not after us.
0: Let's talk first about the process. And then I want to hear about the uses for venom. So you've got a snake. You're going to extract the venom.
1: What do you do? What I do is the opposite of what you see on TV. And... <laughs> The fact is that when I'm doing maybe 400 animals in a row in a two-hour period, making them upset makes it harder for me to grab them. Okay. So, I want it to be smooth, I want it to be, in fact, I tell people all the time, if it's exciting for you to watch, probably I screwed up. I sure. very much focus on what I'm doing. When I'm <laughs> working the animals, I am very focused. How does a venom extraction work? Basically, you take an animal out, counting on what species it is, we use different handling techniques because for the most part we have a flat mat and we pin them on that mat. We use an object that's called a snake hook or a pinner or some people call it a jigger. So I control them and then I reach down and I grab them behind the maxillary bone. And if my fingers are not directly behind the maxillary bone, they can slip out. I jokingly tell some of my martial arts students it's position before submission. You have to make sure your fingers are in the right position or my submission ends up with me in the hospital in critical condition. And once you get your fingers in the proper place, is it just a matter of getting them over the vial and the venom they, just they comes them out? bring them the funnel, and we allow them to bite onto the funnel. And so they bite onto that. Their muscles will then contract on their venom glands. As they contract, I will take my fingers. I don't squeeze, but what I do is I just hold it. Every time they contract it, I'll hold it again as a contraction goes in. And what that does is it opens up the venom canal so that it continues to flow out. So I get more. But we never get more than like about 25% of what's in the venom gland. So Kristen, we just talked about how you extract venom. What makes venom valuable?
4: We don't do a whole lot with it here. We freeze it and then we do a process called lyophilization, which is basically freeze drying. It's the same technique they use to make Folger's crystals. And it essentially stops the venom from degrading and makes it safe to ship and stuff like that. Occasionally, we'll filter or centrifuge venom if a customer requests it, but usually we don't need to do that.
0: Do you know if snake venom can kill COVID 19?
4: Probably there is a snake venom that, yeah. that would kill COVID 19, but unfortunately, I'm not aware of anything that's far enough along in the research process. To know if it would target it within the human body or would kill it without also causing detrimental effects to you.
1: Yeah. A lot of things in vitro work. Yeah. It's like with venom, I can put Pepsi in a test tube with the snake venom. The Pepsi will denature the venom. But if I drink Pepsi after being bitten by a snake, it doesn't do anything (laughs) for
4: me. And if you inject Pepsi into the vein, you're going to die.
1: die. Yeah. (laughs) So there are antivirals that have been found from snake venom for things like herpes and stuff like that. There's been some
4: research for HIV using snake venom too.
1: Uh, So on a given day,
0: if you're busy, how many snakes do you extract venom from? How much
1: venom do you wind up with in a day or a week? It's usually kind of, we measure it by week. It's about 600 to 1,000 a week. The most I've ever done in one day was I did 1,000 Malayan pit vipers in one day and that was in four hours. What does that equate to venom-wise? How many? How much venom?
4: So, in a week, you know, all combined, we could get somewhere around fifty to sixty grams of venom, and that's dry weight. That's not wet liquid venom. We really don't measure it when it's wet.
0: Wow. Okay. When we started, you mentioned you've been clinically dead. Th- was it three times? Four. Four. I'm sorry. I don't wanna. I don't wanna no, short-change. It's, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> I know. All right. So yeah, people are going to hear that and then they're going to say, well, he didn't follow up on that. So <laughs> clinically dead four times. You flatlined. What does that mean? And how did you,
1: uh, how are you still saying you're old, talking to The me? old clinical, not the total brain dead. Maybe well, maybe I am brain dead. <laughs> <yeah>. uh, but, <laughs> it was flatlined. My heart stopped. I was down for at least three to four minutes. The first time I got ran over by a Stolen car. The other three times were snake bite. Okay. Most recent one that was really bad was six years ago. Was a South American rattlesnake that sent me into
4: but you didn't. I didn't code. Didn't on that one, But, I, but that
1: one. I went into acute respiratory arrest twice. You didn't bother code. I don't want to hear that. That's easy <laughs> stuff. You didn't code. Come okay. on. On one snake bite from the, the, the one I was talking about that I w- was extracting from got me with one fang after I extracted uh-huh. my heart twice oh my gosh about then they roll me off the thing I look up and there's a doctor that's a friend of mine he looks down at me and he goes what do I do Jim now that's not necessarily what you normally want to hear from a physician he listened to me I woke up 23 hours later when they extubated me and I had an external pacemaker on me because I had to shock my heart a couple times So they would go down. When I last saw the monitor, I normally walk around at 60, 75 beats per minute. Sure. And it was uh, 30. You you were very relaxed, I guess. Well, uh,
0: I have one other question. I saw a picture of your hands online, Jim. Yep. I notice you're missing a couple ends of a couple digits. Do you have snakes
1: to thank for that? This finger, the index finger that everybody sees? Uh Uh-huh. Cheap weightlifting bench. <laughs> I was used to a power rack, and I dropped the weights on my finger and crushed it. Oh. They put a plastic joint in, and I went back to punching the bag. And one day I took the bag glove off so I could spin my finger around circles. And so they wanted to fuse it. And I said, well, if you fuse it, I'll stick it in something's mouth. And yeah. I won't feel it. And so they amputated it. I brought it home in a bottle of formaldehyde. And it was in my lab until one of my students took it. And he decided to play pranks on me. And it started getting pictures with, in the mail in an envelope with a fingerprint on the back saying, wish we were still attached. Were and like
4: Pictures of it in different zoos. Different zoos. Like on a radio station. Yep, one day. Radio
1: station. And it ended up going to Anne Rice's Halloween party. I have pictures of people dressed like the characters from Interview with a Vampire in New Orleans, New Orleans holding my finger. And that's where my finger disappeared. So we figure somebody's got it in a necklace. I see, okay. The tip of this finger is a Desert horn Viper, the tip of the left hand. I lost that to a Desert horn Viper. The venom digested the tip of the finger. I went to have it amputated. I had them do a a local. I watched them cut it off and then I dissected it. You dissected your own finger? Yeah. (laughs) You say that just like, oh yeah, I'll have a hamburger. Well, it's
4: really not that much different. Though.
1: And you're very calm about this. Well, I'll be honest with you, when she got bit, it was hard for me. Yeah. It's different when a shoe's on the other foot. Uh huh. And I actually proposed to her while we were filming with National Geographic on the island of St. Lucia hunting snakes. Okay. So, she knew what she was getting into, yeah. but of course that's the only romantic thing I've ever done. So. Did you have a snake in one hand and the ring in the other? Almost, almost. I think
4: uh, there was a snake in a bucket nearby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. Do you mind playing this uh, little game that we have here? Can we do that sure. with you?
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fantasy. Football. Green, Edison.
0: Hey, right it's another favorite time of year for ken and me and lots of other folks who are big football fans it's fantasy football time ken and i are in a league that i run and our league is a a unique league i think i'd say uh one of the reasons why it's unique i am not the commissioner i am not the president of the league no i have been dubbed the chancellor
2: oh yes so during this
0: segment during this segment, Mr. Dworznick, I would ask that you please address me as Chancellor. That
2: is not a problem whatsoever. Now, there you, are 12 You earn a respect.
0: Thank you. There are 12 teams in our league, and we just thought we'd talk a little bit about fantasy football here this week. And we're hoping that next week we're going to have the winner of last year's league join us and give some perspective on Week one of the football season. So we'll share who that person is next week. But this week, Ken, let's take a look at your team. When I look at your team, I would say that the strength of your team, your quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And I would suggest that that's easily the strength of your team. What do you think?
2: I would say so. I have some younger running backs. Obviously, the running back from the Raiders, uh, Jacobs. I have Montgomery from Chicago. Last year, I dumped my team, basically, and was able to pick up a bunch of rookies. Uh, We have a keeper league that we're in, so you got to kind of try to plan for the future. But, I mean, I have a nice team. I I was able to get DeAndre Hopkins late late last year. I think Mm -hmm. I have two pretty good tight ends and Zach Ertz and and Noah Frant. It's a crapshoot, and this year is going to be so different. Not only just hey, do you have regular injuries, but you got to concern yourself if someone unfortunately catches COVID. So, right. I'm going to just continue to you know fill out my roster, get as many quality players as I can. Obviously, the key to our league is is having pretty good running backs, we can play multiple mm-hmm. positions, and, and and receivers. So we'll see what happens. But I tell you right now, Mister Klopp, you have a very young team, but it all starts, I think, with your quarterback.
0: Absolutely, Deshaun Watson just got that big money. Hopefully that doesn't slow him down at all, but he's been pretty good for me. Some good running backs. Dalvin Cook leads the way there, and my top wide receiver at the moment is Cooper Cup. Interesting thing, you mentioned this is a dynasty league, and so the way our league works, you can protect as many guys as you want. The draft order is based on last year's finish, but then let's say I protect five guys, I get that slot in the draft order beginning in the sixth round. So if you want the top pick, you need to protect as few guys as you want. And interestingly, this year in our league, we had two guys who protected nobody. Another guy protected one guy, and another guy protected three guys. So it'll be very interesting to see how things shake out dynasty-wise and what the strategy is, because I don't think we've ever had a year where we've had multiple guys cut their whole team like that. No. Ted, what is your team name? My team name is the Turf Toes, the Turf Toes. Ken, what is your team name? Polish Cripplers. Polish Cripplers, yeah, we have, uh, I guess we should run through these. We have the Bengal Express, Great Expectations, which is the champion from last year. I guess we should maybe look at that roster real quick. Jared Goff's the top quarterback. Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara are the running backs. Godwin Miller, Allen are the wide receivers. Tyler Higby and Mike Gasicki are the tight ends and a collection of wide receivers and running backs at the flex position. So that's the top team. We also have Haslam's hood rats, huge TDs, Jamokes, no punt intended Rollins outlaws, the little giants, the willinators and your mom, your mom. There it is. Mom. Your mom. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll keep tabs on this throughout the season. That is our little fantasy football preview.
2: <sighs> fantasy football.
0: Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to WestminsterAV.com or give them a call, 216-325-6960. All right, it's game time now, and we're back with Jim Harrison and Kristen Wiley from the Kentucky Reptile Zoo, and we have a new game called Matchup since we have two folks on as guests. So what we're going to do is uh, Ken has answered these questions already. I'm going to put 30 seconds on our clock. You're going to answer as many as you can in 30 seconds, and we'll try to see how many of these you answer the same way Ken answered. So, Jim, are you ready? Yep. All right, I have 30 seconds on the clock. And I'll start with your first answer. Here we go. What do you put on your hamburger? Onions. Onions. A common name for a dog?
1: Spot. Spot.
0: How old should your daughter be when she starts dating?
1: 25.
0: Name something you fill with air? Balloon. Balloon. Fill in the blank. Blank pizza. Pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni. There we go. All right, Jim, you answered five of the questions, so now we're going to bring Kristen back. Kristen, I'm going to ask you these questions. you got 30 seconds to get through as many as we can, and then we'll see who has the most matches with Ken. So okay. I'm going to start the timer with your first answer. Here we okay. go. What do you put on your hamburger? Tomatoes what is a common name for a dog fido how old should your daughter be when she first has a date 15. name something you fill with air a balloon fill in the blank blank pizza cheese in what state is it said that the stars at night are big and bright
4: i don't know alaska
0: (laughs) what time do you get up on saturday morning 9 Okay. So we got through uh, seven I think there. Yes. So now I'll uh, I'll read the questions one more time and we'll go through each of your answers okay. and see who matched the most with Ken. Ken are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number 1, what do you put on your hamburger? Jim said, what did he Onions. say? Ken? Onion. Onion. Kristen said tomato. You said
1: Pickles. Nobody
0: gets a quad. Nobody gets
4: a quag there. <laughs> also,
0: a good. Going really well so far. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number two. What is a common name for a dog? Jim said. Spot. Kristen said. Fido. And you said. Rover. Perfect. All right. <laughs> doing great. This we is really out. doing well. Okay. <laughs> number three. How old should your daughter be when she has her first date? Jim said. 25. (laughs) (laughs) And Kristen said? 15. And you said? 17. Okay, all right, 0 for 3. Question four, name something you fill with air. Jim said? A balloon. Kristen said? A balloon. And you said? A tire. (laughs) Ah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Question Did number. You get a five? point because they both got the same thing. This that should be strange. a point. This, uh, this is the first time we played this game. This may be the last time we played this game. <laughs> All right. Uh, question five is a fill in the blank. Blank pizza. Chris, Jim said pepperoni. Kristen said cheese. And you said pepperoni. So Jim gets a point. <laughs> <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, that's as far as Jim got, am I right? That's correct. Mark? Okay. Yes. And Kristen has two more that she answered, right? That's correct. Okay. So, Kristen, you got two chats to either tie or win here. All right. Uh, question <laughs> six. In what state is it said that the stars at night are big and bright? Ken, what did Kristen say? Alaska which is a little far off the mark. What did yeah, you say? I've never Dan? heard that one. Sorry. Right.
2: I, I, I think I got it right. It's Texas. i think. <laughs> Texas. The stars at night <laughs> are big
0: and
4: bright.
0: Yeah. Texas. That's all right. All right. Sorry, Texas. <laughs> Question seven. What time do you get up on Saturday morning? Kristen said? Nine.
2: And you said? I said 730. Oh, good
4: for you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't sleep. Okay. COVID. I actually oh, normally get up earlier too, but I thought most people try to sleep. Yeah, in.
0: right. All right. Congratulations, Jim. I know of all oh, the man, one point in your your dull, boring life, yep. to be the winner of our matchup game <laughs> is right at the top of the
1: list. So oh, yeah. Uh, the full highlight for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. Now, your facility, if I'm correct here. You can do tours, and right now you're accepting tours of less than 10, is that correct?
4: We're limiting how many groups can be inside at one time, and yeah, we require masks. All of Kentucky requires masks. Sure.
0: If folks want to set up a tour, if they want more information, what's the website? How would they go about setting that up with you?
4: So the website is kyreptilezoo.org. The email and, and phone are on the website if people have specific questions that they don't find answered.
1: And if you have a strong stomach, you should check out our YouTube channel of one of my bites. Oh, okay. So we can see you getting bitten on the YouTube. Not actually the bite, but the treatment. They pulled like three feet of gauze out of my hand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like starting a lawnmower. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Boy, there's something to look forward to right now. <laughs> well, it made a producer from BBC faint. <laughs>
4: Oh my God! Oh she my
1: was God! Like I need to sit
4: down. Yeah,
1: she was doing a documentary on snake bite, and we we said we have some footage. That's well, cool.
0: best of luck with the uh, Kentucky uh, Reptile Zoo, and Kristen. I hope you do not catch Jim in the number of bites that he has, and Jim, that is my plan. please stop flatlining. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna
0: one of these times. It's gonna stick. Yeah, well, let's hope it's not anytime soon. Keep (laughs) up the good work, and thank you so much for your time and for being good sports here today.
4: All
3: right. The most trusted name in journalism,
0: Klopp's Clips. Another collection of Klop's clips where we look at some of the odd things that are in the news. A wife came home from drinks with some friends to find a rat near her bed. She apparently couldn't sleep and ordered her husband to get rid of it. The two argued there was a physical altercation, and the woman bit her husband's genitals, Whoa. causing a major tear. Ah! The man was rushed to the hospital for urgent medical treatment. Shocker here, police said the couple separated but live under the same roof in separate rooms.
2: You got rats and genitals. I mean, you got a lot going on here, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Sticking with that line of news, an Australian woman who is pursuing a master's degree in sexology. And what is sexology? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay, neither do I. Anyhow, she's developed a somewhat unique business. The 33-year-old charges men 50 bucks for what she calls a rate your rooster report. Oh, boy. The report comes after men submit a photo of their... Uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the the married mother gives men feedback and offers suggestions. This is a business? Might she be needs to connect herself with, yourself, with
2: Match.com or anything I, like that. I mean, that seems like that goes right hand-in-hand hand with that. Wow. Rate your okay. rooster. We've come to snuff the rooster. That's what Allison I, Chain said. I think maybe we should just move on from this. Move forward.
0: 18-year-old Dylan Haraway of Virginia spent two hours and 200 bucks in a tattoo parlor getting some ink on his forearm that reads Dream Chaser. He wanted it as motivation to chase his dreams. When the tattoo finished, he went home and showed a friend who pointed out that the design and the words on his arm are backwards. (laughs) He can hold his arm up in a mirror and then read it. (laughs) Dylan's Instagram post of the mishap has been popular, getting more than two and a half million views so far
2: oh my lord it's my old friend john hall the soccer coach from ashton one point in time he used a terminology i think this is very fitting that is called unlucky that's what that is unlucky, completely uh, un- un- <laughs> unlucky Dream chaser backwards <laughs> uh-huh. oh man uh, yeah wow a
0: second grader named penny was participating in remote school last week and was asked to show her zoom class something that smells good. The young lady from Illinois showed her class mommy's bottle of Malibu rum. <laughs> a picture of the show and tell that her mom posted on Facebook has since gone
2: viral. Oh, and I imagine these stories are gonna start coming out a little yep. bit more. as more and more the kids have been doing stuff. My kids have been doing that and I can only imagine there's gonna be more coming. That's, that's the awesome.
0: school year starts and we have round two. <laughs> And finally, 2020 has brought plenty of hardships, but a new one was revealed at a city council meeting in Lincoln, Nebraska. Listen to this.
5: I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah. Excuse me, come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around to pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better.
0: I feel as though I should be standing at attention when I hear that. By the way, a 2017 study by the NPD group called the Chicken Wing Dilemma found that more than 60% of wings served in restaurants
2: Have bones. Wow. I liked when he started, and people started laughing, and then he he kind of reprimanded him. Listen, I need to finish here. Yeah,
0: this is serious stuff here. That's brilliant. All the things we're facing as a society right now—boneless chicken wings—is it, Ken?
2: I hope that's one of our biggest concerns. Did you know that this was uh, as big of a problem as it
0: apparently is?
2: I didn't, but you learn things as every day goes by. And I learned something new today. Well, I'm glad Klopp's Clips can be educational.
0: That is a great place to close this week's collection of
2: Klopp's Clips. Well, Ted, wrapped up another week, another episode of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Great show, great interview. Are you still thinking about those chicken wings? Because I can't get them out of my head.
0: Are they boneless or bone in? Yes. Right, okay. Yes. And then maybe I'll have some, I might get some wings, some boneless wings and some chicken tenders later. I think it's fitting for Just football season. Now, fitting. have you ever talked to a guy who's been clinically dead four times? I have not.
2: Well, That's let me a fr- tell you for me. How about that you? Was
0: a, that was a killer interview as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Here we go. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we had some Facebook likes, Nick Allega, Brad Cavey, Rachel Mizener, Amy Dobbinspec, and Nathan Santamaria all gave us a like on Facebook. Our Instagram is always an option, 2MAMIC1702. On Twitter, we are at 2MAMICLE. And if you would like to get on the show and leave us a comment, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash 2MAMICLE. You can leave us a voicemail there. There's a link with a little plus sign and the word message. Leave us that voicemail. You can ask us a question and we will answer your question, your question, your question on a future episode.
2: Ted, before we wrap up, didn't have a chance to ask you, how is the acclimation of the family being back? It's going
0: okay. No big problems. That no, Nothing unexpected. We'll put it that way. We're back in the swing of things. we are back at school as well. So a couple adjustments at the same time, but so far, so good. How's the start of school for you so far?
2: Good. Bedina's done a great job. Very organized. They try to tell you what to do. It's great to have two children that understand what to do with the computer, get on the Wi-Fi and all that. So both my son and daughter have been doing great. I mean, it's just a different situation. Last week was kind of a a week to go through and kind of review some things from last year. And we're going to move forward this week after the holiday and all that. Now that we're going to have this full week of school and I imagine there'll be more homework and more things involved. So no, very well, as well as as
0: can be expected. Sure. sure Well, next week on the show, we are going to talk to the president of the largest Cleveland Browns backers group in the Southern hemisphere of the world.
2: Oh, I can't wait for
0: that. That'll be awesome. He's from Australia. We're going to yes. take a look at how the Browns do here in week one of the NFL and see what this gentleman thinks and find out why there's a Browns backers chapter down under. I can't wait to hear about that. Until next week, Ken, let's just remember when it's all said and done, Ken.
2: We're just two middle aged men in Cleveland, Ted. Two middle aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by
0: Anchor.FM. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV, custom audio-visual
1: packages for all occasions.